On today's episode of the Trade Busters podcast, we are going to be going over the Theta Engine Longitudinal Study. Before I go on, just a usual reminder that I'm not a financial advisor, so everything on this podcast will be for informational purposes only and not to be construed as investment advice. Now, I have been looking forward to doing this episode. It's been a long time coming. Um, just had a few things to get through beforehand because um, if you've been following me on Twitter, I had mentioned this study uh, quite a while ago, and it has been at the Theta Engine strategy page for some time. So... Uh, you want, you're going to want to follow along. So go to the Tradebusters page, www.thetradebusters.com. On the left-hand side, you will see where it says the Theta Engine um, strategy page. So that will bring, uh, if you click that, it will link you to the Theta Engine strategy page. And you will see a number of tabs, one of which will be called TE Trade Log and Longitudinal Study. So before we dive into how this works, I want to kind of set the stage of why I decided to make this and what purpose it serves. So obviously, I have been showing a lot of research, backtest, live trading, and I've been trading Theta Engine for some time now. But what happened was along the way, you know, even before Theta Engine is what it is now, you know, I was trading different strategies like 40, um, 45 days and then 45 plus the 90DT and the Theta Engine. And I would say I started trading in the current form starting around late 2020, around November 2020. Now, in that time, I had, you know, as you guys know, you know I run a couple of hedge funds and I, I've been using the strategy in the funds. And at some point in time, I had, you know, moved it from one fund to the other and then back to the other one. Now that's neither here, um, neither here nor there. You know, the point is, when I did that, the sizing changed because the the amount of capital in the two funds were different, right? So, what it's going to look like on the trade log is if you didn't know any better, the trade sizing was very inconsistent, right? So it started with a certain number of contracts of SPY, then it went to like 15 contracts, and then down to like three and two. And what happened was when I moved it around, the sizing in terms of percent relative to the capital that didn't change but because the size of the funds were different the amount of dollars changed right and so it the point is it's kind of confusing to follow in terms of the progress of the strategy because it looks like i traded large and small lost a huge amount here made a little bit here and of course you can always go back and back test the strategy and as more data comes out you can keep back testing and see how it goes but i understand that there is a certain validity to following live trades. So I wanted a way to kind of bridge the gap between my trading, the actual logs, and how the strategy would perform without those kind of distortions to the sizing. Now, again, for me, I know what I was doing and I was moving into different funds, so the performance didn't really change. But again, from the outside and not knowing about that, and look how long it took to just explain all that, right? And I don't, I don't want to have to explain that every time. So the longitudinal study is a way to take the live data and kind of represent it in a way that shows how it would have done with consistent sizing. And not only that, but with a consistent size that the user can choose. 
Um, and you, if you guys have seen my studies before, you know I like to do the spreadsheets with user inputs where you can toggle things and you kind of change how the graphs and metrics update and stuff. And so that's this is essentially kind of marrying the two ideas, taking actual live trade logs and doing it in a way that you can kind of play what if, like, hey, what if I had traded at this size for this time, right? What would the performance have looked like? And now I have some stats like drawdown, PCR by year. We're going to get to that in just a second. But I want to make something very clear before, um, before we go on. So one of the things I didn't want to do, I didn't want to just hide the real trade logs and say, hey, this is what it would have looked like if you had traded consistent sizing, right? Because anytime you do, you know, where you hide something, even though it's it's real, like it just, it has like a, it's going to draw skepticism, right? So what I never want to do is I never want to hide anything. So at the trade pages, you're going to see the 2022 trade log, 2023 trade log. That's all still there. That is raw trades, unadulterated. It's just plain and simple, nothing done to it. Now, if you go to the TE trade log and longitudinal study tab, you're going to see that I've labeled it very clearly. On the right-hand side, right, it's, it's labeled yellow, live trade data. And if you scroll down, you're going to see that the trade data actually goes back all the way to November 2020. And it has the 2021 trades, the 2022 trades, and now the 2023 trades. And so this is combining all of the trades from when I started logging Data Engine in its current iteration. And at the top, you're going to see the metrics, the total PL, premium capture, win rate, all that. But keeping in mind that there's trade size inconsistencies, and just for example, if you look at the trade size, you know, at the beginning, it's like two and three lots. And if you go to the beginning of 2022, there's like 10 lots, 15 lots, 16 lots, or actually this is 2021, right? Late 2021. And then all the way until 2022, until suddenly it goes down to one and two lots, right? In like February and March of 2022. So that's, this is exactly how you're not supposed to trade this. And again, you know the reason why I did this is because it was at different accounts. But so the point is the metrics at that side, the right-hand side, the P&L and the premium capture and everything, it's not really reliable because, again, this log is as if you're trading in a very weird, inconsistent way. Now, on the left-hand side, it's labeled in light blue, and it's called the Scaled Longitudinal Study. And you're going to see it, it uses closed trades. It's not marked to market. But what I've done is on the left-hand side, it just pulls the right-hand side trade and sizes it based on a theoretical inputted amount. So let's go to the top left. You're going to see where it says trade configurations. There's Netlick, target return, assume PCR, and it is a credit target. This is assumed uh, daily entry because my trading was daily. So this is as if you were going to trade daily. Now, the starting net lick, you can put whatever you want. The percentage numbers aren't going to change, but I know like people like to get a sense of, oh, my account was X. How much could I make in dollars, right? Like even though you, I always like to talk in percentages, I understand that there is a value in seeing dollar amounts. The target return is exactly what you want. You know, obviously, you shouldn't listen to this episode if you haven't heard the Theta Engine stuff, but 
the target return is exactly that. If I were going to trade at a certain, like, I, I, how do you size your trades, right? You know, you want to target 10%, 15%, all that. And then the assumed PCR, normally I would say use 27. That's kind of the long term. I don't really change that very much, but you can change it if you want to see how, to, uh, how it um, changes things. And what that's going to do is the credit target, you'll notice if you click in there, you can see the formula, right? All it's doing is taking your starting netlick using your target return and then the assumed PCR, and it's going to give you essentially the amount of premium you need to sell every day as a percent of the account. So just for example, I like to use 15% as sort of a baseline, and I have 27% as the assumed PCR. And so if we need to make 15% right per year, and we have uh, assumed 27 PCR, 27% PCR, it means we need to sell 55.5% of premium in a given year, and then there's 252 days. It's about 0.22%. So you see the credit target, if you set it at 15% target return, 27% assumed PCR, 0.22% premium sold per day. Now, if you look in column B, it has credit target, right? And this, you have to keep in mind, this is for illustrator purposes, okay? So it's going to take the net lick. So if you scroll to the very bottom, um, you're going to see that the net lick starts at whatever you started at, right? 100,000, whatever it is. And so every single day, the credit target is going to be that fixed percent, 0.22 or whatever it is, of the net lick at that time. And it's going to take the trade on the right, the live trade, and it's just going to assume that you sold that exact amount, right? So it's going to scale the credit. It's going to scale the PL. It's going to scale the losses and the wins. So this is obviously at some level not feasible with a small account. So for example, if, if I put in something you know, really small, like a $10,000 account, it's going to say the credit target is going to be $22, right? So obviously, there's no way to sell 15 Delta SPY with $22, right? So keep in mind, this is not something you can really do necessarily at, you know, if the account's too small because there's, you can't sell fractional contracts, right? But again, this is for illustrative purposes. It's showing if I could credit target perfectly, what would it look like, right? So all this, this has done is on the left-hand side, it's taken the live trade data and it's scaling the credit and P&L to the size to fit your scenario. And taking that and tracking the PL, the account size, the drawdown, um, all of that. And, and I have SPX on there as well. And keep in mind again, this is based on closed trades. So I only have data points on the days that a trade is closed. And therefore, the SPX data and graph, it's not going to be every day. It's going to just kind of follow when I close trades with Theta Engine. And so I want to highlight a few things. So today is uh, February 1st, 2023. Um, I, there were some profit takes today, but I haven't logged them yet. So at this time, you know, the last closed trade was from January 26th. But let's just look at some of these stats. And again, I'm going to set this at a 15% return target, 27% assumed PCR. So if you look at the stats, there's win rate, there's PCR, or sorry, there's no winner. There's PCR, there's return, total return, there's Kager, there's max drawdown, and there's total PCR, and it's split into years. So 2020, we only had about two months of trades, but 
you can see the PCR was like almost six, it was 52.2%, right? So there was some losses there. And at a 15% return target, you would have made 3% return in that period of time. SPX was up about 6% in the same period of time. You know, that's fine. 2021, you would have made 25%, right? You're targeting 15%, but you would have made 25 Because again, that was a year with a lot of winners, obviously. You can vet the log yourself. PCR was 42%, right? So that was a very strong year. 2022, you know, if, if people haven't trained through this, you see all the book wipes. Negative 3.9% PCR. That's honestly, sorry, negative 7% PCR and a negative 3.9% return. Again, this is size specifically. If you were trying to make 15%, you ended up losing 3.9%. And this is in a year that SPX was down 19.4%. So the drawdown is, in fact, much less. And this year so far in 2023, um, as of late January, SPX was up 5.8%. Data engine is up 43 and PCR is 59.3 because there was all winners. We're 100% winners. <coughs> Excuse me. So the PCR is right around 59%. But what's more interesting is we look at the long-term, the total stats, right? 23.9% return for Theta Engine uh, versus 14.8%. Now, this is not per year. This is for the whole time period, right? But I do calculate the Kager, right? So your Kager is 10.2% versus SPX is 6.5%, right? So much higher Kager than SPX. With a much lower max drawdown. Max drawdown, again, closed trades only. Mark to market would have been deeper, but a realized drawdown of 14.7% versus SPX of 25.2, right? And so the long-term PCR is 17.2, which is obviously lower than 27 because this is not a multi-year, this is not a 10-year study. It's like you know three and a half years and includes one of the really bad years. So of course the PCR is lower, but it's it's quite positive. And now let's look at the graph, right? The t it's called the TE graph. And this graph will change, right? You can change the target return and whatever, and it's going to change. But if you look at the graph, right, I'm just looking at the left-hand side from 2020 to 2021 to early 2022, extremely smooth equity curve for Data Engine, right? Even in November 2021, I think, um, when SPX had a kind of, kind of a drawdown there, um, you know, no stops, it was fine. And obviously, you know, infamous 2022, you see those stair, shaped, stair steps down, right? One, two, three book wipes. And now we're on the way back up, right? We, we've, we've, at this point in time, we've recovered the first book wipe. We're halfway through recovering the second book wipe. And who knows, you know, may break even in, in another 45, 50 days. And that's, if you think about that, like, to recover all-time highs, right? And this is, of course, one of the longest drawdowns. It's going to be... A year and two months, right? But to if this actually gets back to all-time highs and break even, and do do we see the SPX going back to whatever it was at? You know, forty some hundred. I don't. I only have the percentages on here, but whatever it was, you know, in the next two months, three months. I mean, that seems kind of far-fetched, right? And so I, I think finally having this study to put the kind of hypothetical, the skill incorrectly with the live trade data next to each other, you can see that this strategy is a very good kind of, I call it a beta alternative. Or if you want that kind of delta exposure to the market, you can get better risk-adjusted return, right? Higher return for less drawdown. And, you know, feel free to play around with the target return um, and just see how that changes. I can even set it to something like 5%, right? And obviously, you're going to make less than the market at five, but you're gonna lose a heck of a lot less in terms of drawdown, right? So your Kager is gonna be 
3.3 versus the market 6.5, but then the drawdowns only 5.1 versus no the 25.2 that SPX had. So in any case, I think this is like really a very informative tool. Um, and again, like I said, it kind of finally bridges that gap between the kind of confusing appearance of my live trading, but puts it in a way that I think contextualizes and should make it kind of make sense in terms of, okay, if I was trading at, you know, this account size with this return target and keeping in mind the practical constraints, right? If you put in the $5,000 account, right? It's not going to work. But just, uh, I'm just going to throw in a random number here. Right? If I had $500,000 account starting balance, right? And there's no funding to account or anything. And I was targeting a 15% annual return. Now, at this point in time, I would have a 10% Kager, right? So my account from 500000 after, you know, three some years would be at like, let's scroll back to the top, you know, 619000 So that's, you know, 100 some odd thousand of PNL. I'd be in right now a drawdown of about 4.6% from my all-time high. So I think this gives some very good, again, context and just helps you visualize kind of what it would actually be like. And again, having confidence, this is in fact from live trades, right? So it's almost like a, a back test or simulation, <clears throat> but using live trade data. That's how I see it anyways. So anyways, I hope that helps. Um, hopefully you get a chance to play with it. Give me some feedback. Let me know what y'all think. So for today, that's it. We'll leave it there. As always, if you guys enjoyed this episode, please take a moment to rate, review, and subscribe to the podcast. You can, of course, visit my trading page at www.thetradebusters.com where you'll find all of the strategy mechanics, trade logs, various essays I have written, other podcasts I recommend. Finally, you can follow me on Twitter at TheTradeBuster. That's it for today. Thank you all for listening, and I will see you guys next time.